the book written by Matt Proctor um, from 2 Timothy. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed the series. I, I know I've enjoyed teaching through it. But today, as we wrap things up, we're going to be talking about probably the most important advice that, that Paul gave to Timothy uh, in this letter. And it's kind of an overall advice, and that is to, to stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. No matter what's going on in life, if we can do this, if we can just manage to stay close to Jesus, then good things are going to happen. We're going to be just fine. And, and if we go back and kind of look at each week in this series and, uh, you know, what it looks like, we can see that, you know, really this applies to, to everything we've talked about. In, in week one, we talked about kind of losing our excitement for Christ and how to get that back and uh, how do we do that. Stay close to Jesus, right? In week two, we talked about boldness and uh, how we're, you know, often tempted to back down in our faith or, or when we're timid in our faith. And, and what's the overall answer to that? Stay close to Jesus, right? Week three, we talked about being strong in our faith and what that looks like. And, and so how do we do that? Stay close to Jesus. All right, come on, you're catching on here. Week four, we talked about the, the power of God's word and and. and uh, what does God's word help us to do? It helps us what? Stay close to Jesus. Good. Week five, we talked about the, the importance of being part of biblical communities. And, and uh, one of the biggest reasons is that is it helps us to stay close to Jesus. In week six, we talked about resisting sin. And, and how can we resist sin? We can stay close to Jesus. Okay. I think we're on to something here, right? And, and so the, if we stay close to Jesus, we're going to be better equipped to live life well. And that's what Paul wants from Timothy. He, he doesn't want him just to finish the race, to, to limp into the finish line. He wants him to, to be able to, to finish well. And that can only happen when we stay close to Jesus. There was a mother washing dishes and after dinner, and she asked her little boy to go out on the back porch to get the broom. And out of the corner of her eye, she watched five-year-old Johnny go to the back door and open it and look out for a few moments before returning to sit at the kitchen table. Sensing what was wrong, she sat down at the table. You're scared of the dark, aren't you, Johnny? He nodded his head, yes. His mother smiled reassuringly. You don't have to be afraid, honey. Remember, Jesus is always with you, and that means he's right there on the back porch, too. So you don't have to be afraid, okay? Okay, Mama, said little Johnny. His mother went back to her dishes and watched again as Johnny went to the back door and he cracked it open and poked his head out, but he didn't step out. He said, Jesus, I know you're right out here on the back porch with me, so you might hand me the broom over there. <laughs> it helps to be close to Jesus, right? And so as we look at this letter of, of Timothy, um, 2 Timothy, there, there are a couple key verses that I think kind of give us this, this idea of what we're talking about here. Chapter 2, verse 1 is a, is a key verse in this letter, and it's a strong kind of short statement. It really could stand alone, but here's what it says. Paul says to Timothy, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Okay, in Christ Jesus. How is Timothy going to be strong? It's, it's through God's grace, right, which we, we don't deserve. It's this gift that God has offered to us, but notice that last phrase. In Christ Jesus. Okay, it's, it's not his, his, on his own power that he's strong. It's not on another person's power. It's not the, even the power of the church. It's in the power that comes from Jesus Christ. Uh, in fact, be strong, that, that verb there, it's a passive verb, which 
literally means to be strengthened. And so this isn't something that, that Timothy does it some, himself. It's, it's allowing God to strengthen him. Okay, He is strengthened by Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself, he told us what happens when we're close to him. In John 15, 5, he said this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay, so the action here is to remain, right? To remain in Jesus. In other words, to stay close to Jesus. And then the fruit is just kind of a byproduct of that. That's what happens. There will be no fruit, or at least not good fruit, if you're far from Jesus. And you guys have seen that in your own lives. Uh, you know that's true. Paul knows this better than anyone, okay? He's been leaning on Jesus now for over 30 years by this point when he wrote this letter, and he knew that there was no way he could have handled all the things he had been through without staying close to Jesus. And in fact, he said, when I am my weakest, that's when God is his strongest. That's, that's when he can really strengthen me, and, and God can work at his best. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Okay, I think that's cool. Our weaknesses show God's strength because we can't do it on our own so it's got to be God and I've seen it happen so many times when when people start to think man I'm, I'm pretty strong in my faith and I, I don't think anything could knock me down I got this and then what happens they get knocked on, down right because they start to to rely on their own strength and, instead of God's strength one of the the clearest times that we see how Paul showed how important it was to to lean on Jesus is in this second letter to Timothy Kind of our other key passage today is chapter 4, 16 through 18. This was kind of a rough time in Paul's life, but he, he says this. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So let's break this down just a little bit. Paul was put in prison, uh, basically for being a Christian. And, and how it works in, in uh, the Roman system, they would have an initial hearing, which was kind of determined if there should be a full-blown trial. And, and so Paul is saying at this initial hearing, uh, nobody was there with him. Okay, all his friends, they, they kind of deserted him, and, and uh, they weren't an advocate for him or a witness for him. And, and so he's saying, man, how, this was hard. He's been at this for 30 years, and nobody was there to help him. And what's he do? Well, first of all, he's leaning on Christ. He says Christ was there. And, and then what, what, what he does he uses this time to talk about Jesus. Did you catch that? 
Okay, Paul wasn't worried about his own defense. He, he, he wanted all these Romans to, to hear the message of Jesus, and this is maybe his only chance, his best chance, and so he uses this time. Wow, that amazes me. Okay, uh, author John Stott described it like this. In one of the highest tribunals of the empire, before his judges and perhaps before the emperor himself, no doubt with a large crowd of the general public present, Paul preached the word. Okay, he didn't seize this opportunity to take for himself, to say, hey, I, no, I, 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 I want to get out of here. You know, I didn't do these things. He seized the moment for Christ. Knowing what the consequences probably would be, this probably meant bad news for him, and it did. That's finish line faith, my friends, and, and that only comes from being close to Jesus. That's the only way you can do that. And he says, I, I was delivered from the lion's mouth. In other words, he was spared immediate death uh, at that time. And, and obviously, this is a reference to Daniel in the Old Testament when Daniel was spared being eaten by the hungry lions. But Paul knew what, what ultimately was the truth, and that was that, that God is in control. Okay, not the emperor. God had protected Paul in miraculous ways several times throughout his, his ministry time. And we could look at lots of examples, but one time that I, I think is really cool, one is he was shipwrecked, and uh, you know they were on this island, and, and there's the, these islanders there, and they start a fire, and uh, because of the heat of the fire, this really poisonous snake comes out and clamps onto to Paul's hand. Remember that? And, and so all the islanders are like, well, yeah, this, this guy must have been a murderer, and he's being punished by the gods, and he's going to die. Well, then he doesn't die. Okay, so nothing happens to him. They're waiting for this guy to die. He doesn't die, and, and they know when you get bit by the snake, you die. So then they thought, well, he must be a god. And so, and, you know, Paul, you know, obviously would say, no, I'm not a god. But he knew that God had protected him, and that's why he didn't die. Um, so the, the Romans were no match for God if, if God wanted to save Paul, and Paul knew that. But Paul finished his life well, because he was so close to Christ. He, he, he was still praying. He was still encouraging. He was still trusting. He was still preaching up to the very end of his life. So with this Paul and Timothy narrative as a backdrop, let's take a look at some, some practical ideas as, as we kind of bring this series home. Um, you know, how do we stay close to Jesus? Of, of course, we have the, the standard answers, uh, and they're standard answers because they're so important. Um, you know, things like prayer and spending time in God's Word and going to church and being connected with other believers. And, and you guys know these things, okay? So it's just a, a matter of doing them. But uh, beyond those answers, let me share a few other thoughts this morning on staying close to Jesus. Uh, first of all, don't play the blame game with God. Don't play the blame game with God. We increasingly live in a culture where we want to place blame for everything uh, on somebody, somebody else. And, and for sure not on us, Right? Uh, it has to be someone else's fault. For example, parents today will protect their kids at all costs, and for sure it's not their kid's fault, right? Teachers, you know those parents who never think their kids could do anything wrong, right? I have some teachers around. Yeah, I see some heads nodding. Um, you know, but you know, we, we come to believe that, that everything that, that's going wrong in our lives, it, it can't be our fault, so... It must be somebody else's fault, and then it, so it becomes easy to just blame God. 
you know, for, for the bad things that happen. You know, God, how could you let this happen? Don't you even care about me? Are you even there? Hello, God? Uh, uh, do you see me? Do you hear me? And, and so we get upset with God. But, but I just want to say that the blaming God is not going to make you feel better, and it's not going to help you be closer to Jesus either. Um, and I, I'm going to say something that, let me just preface it by saying that this isn't going to be a satisfactory explanation for somebody who is in the middle of a crisis. Um, so don't try to use this to make people feel better because it, it won't work. Um, usually they just need you to be there for them. And if you're in the middle of a crisis, now I, I would say do your best to, to rest in God's love and just let him be there with you through that time. But ultimately, sin, not God. Uh, is the reason for pain and suffering. Sin is the reason, okay? It could be your own sin, and you're dealing with some consequences of, of the things that you've done, but oftentimes it has nothing to do with what you've specifically done. It, it has to do with the general sin of mankind, okay? That we, uh, the sin that entered the world, beginning clear back with Adam and Eve, it changed everything, and this wasn't God's best plan for, for how the world should work, but but sin is the overall cause of pain and suffering, okay? And so we need to keep that in mind. God didn't cause this. Sin caused it. But thankfully, God didn't give up on us because of sin, right? Uh, and and there, that's where Jesus comes into play. And because of Jesus, we don't have to pay the ultimate price uh, for sin because he paid it for us. So instead of blaming God, we should blame sin, okay? If we need to blame somebody, blame sin. First um, John 1 5 says this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you God is light in him there is no darkness at all okay God is only good right he is only light there is no darkness and, and so don't blame God and, and then spend time praising and thanking God I think this is a big help we have so much to be thankful to for and to praise God for and in fact much of our prayers really should be about praising God. You know, we usually start with, God, I need this, I need that. Really, we start with praise and prayer, um, just worshiping God. I love what Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, when he said, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's good verses, isn't it? Good ones to memorize. We talked about memorization a couple weeks ago. That'd be a good one to get in your brain. So let me ask you guys, is God worthy of praise? Yes or no? Okay. Um, is God worthy of praise in good times and bad times? Okay. So, so we just need to do it, right? Okay, okay. that's, that's what, what it comes down to. And, and I believe that if we are spending time thanking God and praising God, something happens. It just starts to draw us closer to Jesus. A couple years ago, Ann Voskamp wrote a book called A Thousand Gifts, and, and it, you know, it was about finding ways to, to be grateful to God and thankful to God for what he's done for us. And, and she invites the reader to kind of embrace just everyday blessings uh, and just kind of embark on this, this transformative spiritual discipline of writing down the gifts that God has given us. And uh, she discovered that when she gives thanks, she finds herself more loved by God. Okay, so, 
it's kind of a neat thing that happened. And, and when she complains to God, she, she finds herself more distant from God. And so it's not that God changes, right? It's that her attitude changes. And so thanking God, she has found that it just brings us closer to God. And so, and, and I agree. And, and, you know, sometimes we, I think we all get stuck in that kind of complaining mode. And we forget to just to thank God. And so I, I have a little assignment for you guys this week. Um, I'm going to challenge you to write down five things each day that you're thankful for. Okay? So five things starting today by Saturday. Seven times five. How many is that? 35. 35. Good job. Okay, so 35 things this week that you're thankful for. You think we can do this? Okay. Can we do this? Okay. Some of you are like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, just five things, okay? 35 things this week um, that you're thankful for. It, it will help you draw closer to Jesus. Okay. Then I want to encourage you guys by saying this. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up in your pursuit of Jesus. And, and sometimes it's, it's about plodding along day by day, just kind of doing your best to keep your head above water. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not always going to be mountaintop experiences with God. We like those times, but, but the truth is most of the time it won't be. There's a lot more valley-type experiences. And, and there, there'll be times when you're in that valley and you're not sure how you're going to get out. But just, I just would say bring Jesus along during those times. Don't block him out. Bring him along. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Okay, so for some people, the, the harvest is heaven. And uh, how great is heaven going to be? Um, but quite often, there, there's rewards here on this earth as well. And so don't give up. Keep plugging away. And then I want to encourage you to, to trust that God is good. Trust that God is good. I think this is going to help you to draw near to Jesus. The truth is that we live in a, a very sinful, dark world. And, and sometimes it's, it's easy to start wondering why God allows all these bad things to happen. Okay, you know, to, to start thinking, well, is God really a good God? You know, why did this happen? And, um, and we talked about how sin has tainted things. But I, I want to encourage you to trust that God is good. Okay, God is good. Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. I like how this verse involves the senses. You know, think about one of your favorite foods and, and how good that is. You know, I think about a nice, juicy steak. Okay, and you just, oh, so good. Right? Medium. Okay, you still got to have a little bit of pink in there. Right? Some of you, like, want it really red, like it's still mooing a little bit. But, no, not quite that much. But you, you have some juice, okay? Well, who, who's medium? Who's with me? All right. You guys are cool. <laughs> I used to be medium well, but then I, I was enlightened. And it, it, was, it was a good thing. Um, but you know, I was just thinking about the senses of that taste and see what is good. You know, it's like giving us a, something to picture, taste how good God is. Think of your best food and what that tastes like. Um, and I like the wording at the end of this verse too. It says, talk about taking refuge in God. 
Okay, I, I picture being out in the wilderness and, and being stuck in a, a snowstorm and, and, and you come along a cabin with lights on and, and a fire in the fireplace and, and uh, you know, there's people just there welcoming you in and say, come on in, come warm yourself up. You're, you're a guest, take refuge from the storm. And that's what God is, does for us as well. He says, take refuge in me. Let, let me take care of you. Come on in. We can trust that God is good. And finally, I just want to encourage you in your, your quest to stay close to Jesus, to keep running back to Jesus. Keep running back. No matter how far you've gone, no matter what's going on in your life, just, just keep running back to Jesus. We, we had a a great time at our, our kickoff event this week with our water slide and, and uh, made, it was extra exciting this year because we had a bubble machine. And so you can see that there's these mounds of bubbles. So you guys missed out if you didn't get to, to see our bubble machine, but we had fun. Um, but the kids that could get down the slide the best were the ones, that, the older kids who could really get a running start and just dive and go all the way down the slide. You know, the, the little kids, we'd have to kind of pull them down or help them. But the big kids, you know, could really get going. And some could make it all the way to the bottom. And, and I was just thinking about that. I think it's a, that's a great picture of, of what it looks like to, to get close to Jesus. And, you know, just to, to get a run and, and dive into it with, with all of our hearts and say, Come on, Jesus, I'm coming. I'm coming for you. And he's just waiting there. James 4, 8 says, come near to God and, and he will come near to you. Okay, he, he doesn't force himself on us, but he's sure waiting for us with, with, with open arms. It's like a great adventure. Come on, I'm waiting, come. In this letter that Paul wrote to, to Timothy, I think Paul is saying to him, Timothy, I, I, I've been through it all. I, I know how hard it is, and, and you're, in a, you're in a difficult church situation, and, and you're discouraged, but, but just stay close to Jesus, Timothy. Stay close to Jesus. And that's how you're going to make it through life well. Going back to the very first week of this series, I said that one of our key verses for this whole series was in chapter 2, and it's the first part of verse 8. And he said, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead remember jesus christ raised from the dead friends if we can keep our focus on jesus if we can remember the, what jesus has done for us if we can remember just how much he loves us we will stay close to him and so what's the the answer to about any question that you can ask in regard to to living your life well Stay close to Jesus, yes. Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we, we love you so much, and yet there are times that we, we just let life kind of get in the way. And we start feeling distant from you, and we start blaming you for things and, and, and getting frustrated and discouraged and, and and i pray that every one of us when that happens we'll just come running back to you and say i'm sorry i need you jesus and, and for those times when things are going well 
let's pray that we can just rest in that and say, yeah, I want to stay with you. I just want to hang out with you. Thank you that you are our refuge, Lord. And that you're there waiting for us. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.